and their families. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Number two, Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. We'll go live to the well, to Wells Fargo Arena here in about 20 minutes. Cody Goodwin is there covering the state wrestling tournament. We'll join Trent and I, and I'll do a lot of listening, and Trent and Cody will do a lot of talking, <laughs> but I'm into it. Let's get David Kaplan in here. He's sponsored by Centurion Stone of Iowa. Pitchers and catchers have reported. Carson Wentz, is he or isn't he? Lots of ground to cover with you, Cappy. Good to speak with you, my friend. How are you? Gentlemen, how are you? Hope you and Trent are well. And shout out, you know who listens every week? And I was texting him the other day. Uh, he's a fan of the guy, Zubin. He's a great. He's a great guy. Yes, he is. He really is. I, I, I've never met Zubin, but I've been on his show. Yeah. And then I texted him about something, and he said, "I hear you with Kenny with Trent every week. I listen so." Zubin, you are the man. No, nah, he is. He joins us every Tuesday. Of course, he spent some time in here, Cap. I'm not sure you know the relationship. He was, before working his way up to ESPN on SportsCenter, uh, he came through Des Moines. He was here for, I don't know, six, seven years before he made it to Denver uh, and then off to Bristol. So good. I'm glad uh, I'm glad you two connected, and uh, he's every bit uh, the person that you think he is, as we know that you are. So, Cap, we got a lot of ground to cover with you. Pitchers and catches reporting, but I want to start with football and Carson Wentz, who seemingly uh, if um, Florio at ProFootballTalk.com is to be believed, he's holding out for the Colts. Is that what you're – what's the latest on Carson Wentz? What have you heard? Yeah, so Albert Breer, who's the NFL Network and SportsIllustrated.com, Albert was on with us on Tuesday. He's on every Tuesday with us. And he said the Bears are the clear front runner, but he also said that the relationship Carson has with Frank Reich, the Colts coach, leads him to want to play in Indy because he had the best success mm-hmm. of his life at the NFL level when he was with Frank and they won the Super Bowl. Now, Carson was injured for that game, but for 12 weeks he was the league MVP till he tore his ACL trying to dive to the end zone. And so I don't take that as a shot at the Bears. That is high praise for Frank Reich. It would be like you and your partner, you know, separating because one of you went on to a different job and then all of a sudden there was this chance for you to go work for somebody you don't know as well or you could reunite with someone who you had your best professional success with. Where are you going? You're going to go with someone you trust. Yeah. So I, I wish I wouldn't have. Get it? <laughs> so there is where it is. You know, another name that uh, doesn't have, I, I think, the same kind of reaction the visceral reaction you hear about Carson Wentz is Jameis Winston now I mm. I like the guy I think the guy you can win with that guy can you win a Super Bowl probably not but can you win can you be competent and a guy that's still 27 still has a lot of talent 
if some of these other pieces aren't out there, what, how would you react if they swing and miss on Wentz and a couple other names and they end up bringing in Jameis Winston on a three-year deal? Uh, I would not be thrilled by it, I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's not forget last year, he threw 30 interceptions. 30! <laughs> yeah, and Tampa Bay went, yeah, no, no, no. he was the number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. We're done. Hard pass. We're moving on. And they did that before they landed Tom Brady. They were moving on either way. So, yeah, I'm not a huge Jameis guy. Got a big arm, all of that. He stayed out of trouble in the NFL. 30 interceptions, six fumbles. I mean, yes, he had 30 touchdown passes, no doubt about it. But 36 turnovers? Oh, my God. (laughs) This fan base here, if that happened, (laughs) they would – Chew him up and spit him out. He has no idea. Like, I've, t- I've said this to you guys before. There's four media markets where you better perform or you're going to really struggle. That's Philly, mm-hmm. New York, Boston, Boston and Chicago. Chicago. Yep. So, yeah, I, I personally, w- one-year deal because no one else is there. All right, roll the dice. I think he's staying in New Orleans, and I think he should. Uh, Cap, before we get to baseball, just I'm, I'm a newspaper guy, and I saw the I think the awful news uh, yesterday that the Chicago Tribune is being purchased by a hedge fund, and we know what that happens. There's cuts all over the place, the newsroom, the sports department, dot, dot, dot. Cap, that was such a great newspaper. Uh, Teddy Greenstein, I think, got out before the head of the posse. Good for him. I know you and him have got a relationship at points bets now, um, so that's working out well for him. But, but Cap, the newspaper industry and the Tribune, what it wants, was uh, it's not going to be the same here within the next few months, is it? No, and it's funny because I'll say to groups when I speak at a school, you should read the newspaper, and they look at me like, <laughs> the what? Yeah, The newspaper? And I know everybody gets their Apple News on their iPhone or their Android has their own you know news system where you go on Twitter and you follow CNN and a few other places. You go, I got all that, all that I need. I got my Weather Channel app. And I'm a newspaper guy. I like the tactical feel, the tactile feel of holding the paper while I'm drinking my coffee. Mm -hmm. I absolutely get it. I subscribe. They deliver it to my driveway. Every morning when I put my show together, I have my coffee sitting there. I'm in our conference room, and I have the newspaper, and I write on it. I highlight stuff and make my thoughts, and then when I'm done with it, I toss it in the garbage. That said... Boy, it's more like a leaflet these days. It really is. We, it's sad. Yep. We, like, we keep cutting and cutting and cutting, and what am I truly getting? You know, but, but it goes back to, Kenny, where our industry is. Mm-hmm. They asked one of the ESPN reporters in Carolina to make a bold prediction for the offseason. We just did this on our Cubs Talk podcast for NBC Sports Chicago. They asked our guy, Jeff Dickerson, make a bold prediction for the Bears. So the guy in Carolina says, okay, here's your bold prediction. They will try to trade for Deshaun Watson, and they'll offer three number ones and Christian McCaffrey. And guess what the headlines are? Go Google it right now. Every single news organization, new suitor for Watson, <laughs> they're all in. They're going to trade three ones at Christian McCaffrey. No, they're not. That was a bold prediction just to shoot from the hip and someone takes that makes wow. that news. That's what's wrong with our business today. You know, and I saw that headline, Cap. It's funny you mentioned that. I saw it yesterday. 
gets you. Yeah. It, it grabs yeah. you. Cap, I want to go to basketball in the city of Chicago and kind of three different storylines. Of course, the Bulls, they're just a game out of the playoffs, which would be a big step forward. We see Zach Levine playing at such a high level. A fun team to watch at times, also madly inconsistent. You got Illinois downstate. Illinois, ton of alumni obviously there, trending maybe even for a number one overall, a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. And then in the city, Loyola, which for us is a fun story to talk about in Missouri Valley. But it's different there. How those stories rate? What the conversation piece? And, and does Loyola? Do they even we get a, one? They get a cursory five minutes when you're talking about a basketball in in the state and inside of Chicago. Yeah, a cursory five minutes, and I'm doing their game tonight. I have basketball at Loyola tonight for Missouri Valley TV with the great Mitch Holtis, the voice of the nice. team. Nice. Um, I'm looking forward to doing the game. I've had Loyola before this season. Had Valpo twice. They get their cursory five minutes just because, as I've said to you, we're not a college town. Right. I could say, hey, Loyola's rolling. And by the way, after watching them, do you agree with yeah. Loyola? Oh, they're really good. They're really good. They're really good. Really good yeah. and exceptionally well coached. If I'm a Power 5 AD, I'm knocking on Porter mm. Moser's door going, how much, man? Tell me how much. I got to have you. Um, that's a really, really good team. Drake is, too. But Loyola should have swept that series mm-hmm. at Drake. But we talk a little bit. We talked some Illinois today because they are a legit team that I think if things break right, could they win the national title? Yes, I'm not predicting it, but they certainly have the ability. Io DeSumo is a phenomenal guard. I'd love to see the Bulls have him at point next year. Kofi Coburn is still very raw in his development, but he's a stud, very physical player. And then you got the Bulls. I would say of those three topics, the most generator in terms of calls and interest, the Bulls by far. <laughs> Didn't mention Northwestern. Yeah, <laughs> just gloss right over. They're that. number four. Very good. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Kappa, let's let's turn to baseball, uh, and I want to start on the South Side, Chicago. I know that uh, ESPN one thousand has the uh, has the White Sox radio rights. Uh, Twins uh, White Sox going to be appointment TV this year. I think good story in the Chicago Sun Times on Michael Kopech uh, as he comes back and tries to find his footing in that rotation. Uh, Cap, this is going to be a fun baseball team to watch. Gilito Lance Lynn was a great pickup. Uh, that Keuchel is still there. You need something from Cease if Kopich comes back. Of course, you bring in the closer, Hendricks, from uh, from the A's, uh, as good as there is in the game. Uh, Cap, I have to assume that the excitement for baseball in uh, the Windy City, yeah, he's still Cubs fans, there's no doubt about that, but boy, oh boy, this White Sox team has to have uh, the, the folks' attention. Oh, people are fired up. They're excited. You know, it's funny when the Pakoda rankings came out, for people who are listening who don't know what that is, Baseball Prospectus plays the season a billion times with their computer program, and then they say, okay, it's not biased, it's just a computer, and it says, okay, the Twins on average win 91 games or 89 games. Well, they said the Chicago White Sox win 83 games and the Cubs win 85. Oh, my God, Sox fans lost their minds. What a stupid program. <laughs> it's the worst. But if they had come out and said the Sox win 103, oh, my goodness, they'd have been on top of rooftops trumpeting that to the world. So it's a computer program. But people are fired up for the first time. Lucas Giolito talked this, uh, yesterday. We're in this to win a ring or we failed, period. The rebuild word is gone. So if you're a Sox fan, 
man, you're getting geeked up for opening day, thinking, could this be my 2005 again? Mm-hmm. Could this be 2016? Do we have a chance to win it all? We'll see. I bet a parlay on points bet. You'll love this. I bet a couple of them. I have the White Sox to win the World Series. I have the Avalanche to win the Stanley Cup. I have two t- two tickets. One has the Celtics at 25-1 to to win the NBA. And the other ticket has the Milwaukee Bucks at like 7.5 to 1, 6.5 to 1. And then the 49ers to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> and that ticket, I think it's a $100 ticket, pays $2.2 million to win with itself. Uh, that is a lottery ticket there. Yes. Fun one. A lottery yeah. ticket. Right. Why not? Absolutely. Love those. Well, uh, I see six broadcasts will be for the spring training of the White Sox and NBC Sports Chicago. Uh, one question, will you be a part of all those, some of those? And the second part, the Marquee Network. We were talking to our uh, partner in the morning, Heather Burnside, this morning. She mentioned she has YouTube TV here in Iowa. That is not in Des Moines. That is not part of the package there. Overall, how the Marquee Network is continuing to go over with the cable operators there around Chicago. Uh, I mean, they're on Xfinity, which is 60% of our okay. market. So the majority of Cubs fans that want to watch Cubs baseball are able to get Cubs baseball. I'm sure there are some that are thinking, all right, I had Hulu. They got rid of sports. YouTube, that nah, I can't get it there. Uh, DirecTV did a deal with them. Dish Network did not. So there are ways to get the games. And then outside the market, obviously, you buy the MLB extra innings package, which I get anyway, so that I can watch as much baseball. I love watching baseball, whether it's on my phone, my iPad, mm-hmm. or on my TV. So I watch all of that. Uh, in terms of what was your other question? You asked me something about spring oh, training. Involvement NBC. Yep. Uh, so we do a show called Baseball Night in Chicago. I think we're going to do a preview show on the Cubs and a preview show on the White Sox. And I'll be involved on the Cubs side of that. And then I will host Baseball Night in Chicago whenever we run that leading into a game. Will you may will you make your way to Arizona Cap for spring training this year? Doesn't look like it. Yeah. As of right now, we're not doing any traveling till we're vaccinated. I I have not been vaccinated, so uh hopefully sooner than later we get vaccinated, get our lives back, and then I'd love to make it out there. But this summer for sure I want to be back in the stands. In fact I bought yesterday I paid for my White Sox uh, season ticket plan. I don't have all 81 games. I bought a 15-game package. But I'll be out there a lot, and then I'll mm-hmm. buy tickets to the Cubs. Uh, so let's talk about the Cubs cap, where it seems like they're at least getting some of the band back together. Jake Arrieta, Pedro Stroop. Yeah. Um, look, I'm, I'm anxious to see Arrieta. What do you anticipate? What, what will he bring to the team? He's going to bring something that they desperately need. Swagger. Now, Again, if he has an ERA of 874 and right. he's 1 and 11, <laughs> that's tough to have swagger like that. But if he is healthy and he is competitive like he always is, he will bring a swagger back that they have not had. David Ross had that swagger when he was a player, different when you're the manager. You can't say some of the things as a manager that you might say as a player. Uh, I will tell you, I was telling the story on the air yesterday that when the Cubs in 2015 were just starting to emerge and it looked like they were going to make the playoffs, they were going to finish third in their own division with 97 wins. Mm. They were on the plane 
and Jake Arrieta stood up to listen to me. Get ready to play the Cardinals because it's over. There is zero chance that they will beat me. I don't care who's pitching for the Pirates, and it was Garrett Cole at the time. Wow. There is zero chance. So get ready for the National League Division Series because they won't touch me. And, of course, he went in there and <laughs> shut them up. And then Pirate fans heard about it. They fired on him on social media, and he went right back at him. Doubled down. I will beat you. And he did. That's awesome. Good to have him back, Cap. Uh, great stuff out of you, as always, my friend. Uh, thank you for sharing that story about our other friend, uh, Zubin Mahente, who joins us every Tuesday. You're with us Wednesday. Good We're man. grateful, Cap. Good to talk to you. Appreciate it. Look forward to talking to you guys next week. And uh, tune in on Valley Basketball tonight. Indeed. You and the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Thanks, pal. Talk to you in seven days. See ya. David Kaplan uh, joining us from Chicago. Centurion Stone of Iowa makes that possible, and we're grateful to them. Uh, Joe Farron, Justin Luch, and their entire team over at Centurion Stone of Iowa. If you're looking for manufactured or natural stone to accent, you want to update your interior or your exterior, uh, any project, any size, Centurion Stone of Iowa has a variety of styles, patterns, and colors for your every need. It's available in over 200 of those color and pattern combinations. Visit them online, Centurion Stone of Iowa, to see what we mean, and then stop by the showroom if you have uh, the need. Centurion Stone of Iowa is located at 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines, Centurion Stone of Iowa, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. Thank you for sponsoring our friend David Kaplan. Time for another $1,000 slam dunk. Text the keyword SMILE to 200-200. Right now, it's your chance at $1,000. SMILE to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All righty. When we come back, we'll go to Wells Fargo Arena. Again, uh, this from Chris Connolly over at the uh, Iowa Event Center. Let me read this. He asked us to pass it along. This has to do with tickets uh, to the state wrestling. Uh, limited high school wrestling tickets are still available for all sep- sessions, with the exception of the final on Saturday night. So if you want to go, uh, with the exception of the final on Saturday night, tickets are still available. The box office isn't open. There's only one place to get them. HiveyTix.com. HiveyTix, T-I-X.com to purchase tickets online. Again, it's online only. The box office is not open online only. Uh, sold out on Saturday night, but tickets available for all other sessions, hivetix.com. Uh, Cody Goodwin, when we come back, Chris Dobertine does a little bracketology with Chris Dobertine before we get out of here at noon as well. It's Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106. Trek Condon here to let you know my good friends at Renner's Warehouse are in heavy demand right now in Des Moines for three reasons. One, the rental market is booming. People rent during uncertain times, and homes are getting leased fast. Two, with professional video marketing and self-showing technology, Renner's Warehouse meets all healthy and safety guidelines for our social distancing world. And three, with regulations changing so quickly, more people are learning that using an experienced property manager is far less stressful than trying to do everything yourself. Now is not the time to DIY or mess with inexperienced property managers. For a low, flat monthly fee, Renner's Warehouse will take the grunt work off your plate with no upfront fees and no paperwork or 3 a.m. maintenance calls. Plus, they can help you turn your part-time rental into a full-time cash flow machine. And if you're a real estate agent, 
They're offering cash payments for referrals. Go to RentersWarehouse.com to book your free home rental price analysis today or call 515-528-4429. That's 515-528-4429. Renters Warehouse, Des Moines. You'll always. You should, too. One in four families are impacted by pregnancy and infancy loss. That's why Amanda the Panda, a program of Every Step Grief and Loss Services, provides the Little Footprints Support Group. This virtual group offers a safe space to share and connect with others touched by miscarriage, stillbirth, and infant loss. Little Footprints welcomes anyone who has been impacted by prenatal and infant loss. To learn about our upcoming support group, which begins on April the 19th, visit everystep.org slash grief and loss. Eleven thirty, Miller and Condon. Welcome back, Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO, one hundred six point three on the FM dial. We're going to have Chris Dobertine come in here, pick his college basketball bracketology mind here in about ten minutes or so. But right now, uh, off we go. Wells Fargo Arena, just kind of a well. It's not a stone's throw; it's a few stones throw. But you get my point. Got to get a big crow hop to get that stone you over really that do way, it, don't you? Uh, let's get Cody Goodwin in here and listen to Trent and Cody to tell us what's going on and what we can expect to see over the next three days. Cody, good as always to talk to you. Cody, uh, what's it like down at Wells Fargo Arena? Does it feel like normal, like the state wrestling tournament normally does in normal years? I, I, I appreciate you guys having me for one. For two, yeah. I mean, so far it has felt pretty normal. Um, you know, there's obviously fewer people in the building. Um, you know, everybody here is wearing masks, um, but, you know, they, they created a little bit more space on the floor for the wrestlers to kind of move around and try and keep their distance. Um, everybody's wearing masks when they're not competing. Um, so, you know, there's small things like that that are a little bit different and, and probably look and feel maybe a little strange compared to normal years. But, I mean, otherwise, you know, the, the wrestling action has been good. We got through the first, uh, the quarterfinal round of state duels for Class 3A and 2A. Class 1A is currently on the mat doing their quarterfinal duels. Um, you know, when you're not up looking at the crowd and seeing what's going on outside of the wrestling, it feels like it would any other year, which I think is, you know, that was something that they, the association was really trying to, you know, see, see, protect that, you know, just try to make it feel as normal as possible, right? Quarterfinals uh, wrapped up, as you said, in the dual competition. We'll get a couple of great semifinals in 3A. Waverly Shellrock, who had a tussle against Lynn Marr, the number one seed. On the other side, though, Southeast Polk against Waukee. The Warriors bringing their most ever uh, wrestlers with 12 into the traditional tournament that starts tomorrow. But give us a little uh, handicap there. Southeast Polk, Waukee coming up in about 90 minutes. Yeah, no, that, that I mean, that was a in, that was a, an incredibly close duel when they wrestled earlier this season in the regular season. Um, you know, I think it was like right early January when they last wrestled, and, and Polk ended up pulling that one out 34-33 um, thanks to the ninth criteria. Um, so it was about as even as it could possibly get between those two teams. I'm expecting a lot of the same when they match up later this afternoon. Um, it wouldn't surprise me at all to maybe see Waukee even pull it out. They've shuffled their lineup a little bit. Um, you know, now that they have Thurman Christensen down at 126 pounds, I know that's something that Coach Chad Bolek, he's really excited to kind of see what he can do, not just today, but really throughout the rest of the week in the individual tournament. Those could be huge team points for the Warriors as, um, you know, not only are they going to contend for a dual team title today, but also they're going to be in the thick of it with Waverly Shellrock and Southeast Polk for the traditional team title over the weekend as well. So, um, you know, that's, this is going to be a great, great, great appetizer for what we're going to see the next three days. Speaking of that, as we look forward to the traditional tournament, is it's been for so long, feels like, in 3A, 
it's a two-team race. Is it Waverly this year? Is it Southeast Polk? That's it. Do you give Waukee a real chance to to take home the ultimate hardware and win that traditional title? Absolutely. Um, you know, the, those three teams, it's going to be a three-team race. Um, you know, Waverly Shell Rock also brought 12 wrestlers. Waukee's got 12. Southeast Polk's got 10. There's a very real possibility that, you know, that team race may not get decided until Saturday night or in the finals. There's a very real chance that we could see wrestlers from all three schools wrestle each other on Saturday night in the finals or even Friday night in the semifinals. And we all know how big Friday night is when it comes to team race implications because you've got, you know, guys fighting for spots on the podium on the backside, um, you know, trying to, you know, advance their way through the Russellbacks, but also the semifinal round and really the quarterfinals as well. Those are money rounds when it comes to team points. So absolutely, I give Waukee a chance. There's a real there's a real possibility all three schools could put anywhere from three, four, five, even six guys in finals at their respective weights. Um, so there's going to be a lot of firepower, a lot of action, and, and it's only going to pick up in intensity as the week goes. Absolutely, the Warriors have a shot, and, and it wouldn't shock me at all to see them do it. Cody, I know uh, one of the big things you do on a yearly basis of uh, looking for that story that goes in the paper on Saturday. Some of the stories, yes, that deal with wrestlers and off the mat, but something goes deeper. You got anything that's going to be coming out Saturday morning? It feels like you always get those uh, those eye ducks working a little bit Saturday mornings with some of the stories you've done in the past. I uh, I, I can't give away all my secrets, uh-huh. right? Um, hmm. But I will I will say, um, you know, we got a really cool story that currently going through the editing process right now on uh, Independence's Brandon O'Brien. Um, you know, he's the top seed at 132 pounds in Class 2A. He, um, he's been through some stuff. He's been through quite a lot, um, you know, through his early childhood, and, and wrestling really kind of helped stabilize his life in a lot of ways. Um, you know, there's a lot of other really cool stories going on this week that I think I'm going to try and run down. You know, there's, there's four wrestlers this week that are going to be attempting to reach the state finals for the fourth time in their careers um, we know of one of them, Centerville's Matthew Lewis. He's going to try and become the state's 29th four-time state champ. But the three others um, have yet to win a title. That's Centerville's uh, Nate Gino Bana, um, Sergeant Bluff Luton's Jack Gockle, and Logan Magnolia's Briar Rise. Um, all three of those guys have been to the state finals three times. None of them have won titles. There's only been one wrestler in state history that's been to the finals four times and didn't win a title. So while Matthew Lewis chases history, those three guys are trying to avoid history, if that makes sense. So there's a lot of fun stories like that that I'm going to try and see if I can run down over the course of the week, uh, in addition to following these incredible team races. Because in addition to 3A, you know, 2A, West Delaware is probably the favorite, but you got a couple of teams in Osage and Crestwood and even Independence that could capitalize if they slip up. And then you've obviously got Don Bosco, Lisbon, and Logan Magnolia, in Class 1A, so there's really a lot going on this week, and I'm really, really excited. I love those team races, and uh, my Green Devils got it done a year ago, upsetting West Delaware. With that, Cody, one final thing as we look at what it's going to be like today, the traditional, the dual tournament, moving into traditional. It's going to be different, but have you heard much backlash talking to coaches, talking to wrestlers? What what has been going through this season been like in a sport even so much different than football. Yeah, that's a contact sport, but you tackle a guy and you get off him. You are grappling with the guy for six consecutive moments. How these guys have been able to get through this year? It's been difficult, man. They've they've really they've used a lot of patience. A lot of coaches have had to get kind of creative with how they've been able to you know train and, and help their wrestlers kind of progress through the season. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of teams that we know pretty well, like like Southeast Polk, like Waukee, teams with really big numbers within their program. Um, they've had to adjust practice schedules so that there's not as many kids in the room at any one given time so that they can offer space, um, you know, on the off chance that there are kids that ended up having to battle COVID like real personally, they wouldn't wipe out the entire team because they were able to break up practice into pods like that. Um, extra sanitation, which is something that, you know, 
wrestling's kind of already built for, right? They wipe down the mats after every duel. They wipe them down after every session. I imagine they're probably going to do a little bit more of that this week just because of all the precautions. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of, a lot of this is really uh, common sense, you know, and it's just kind of been, you know, reinforcement of that idea as, as the seasons rolled along. But, you know, the more they got used to it, the more it really, you know, on, on Saturdays and even during the weeknights, during duels, it, it has felt pretty much like a normal season. Um, you know, you're going to see some differences. I know if you kind of scan the state brackets, you'll see some guys with, you know, 30, 40, even 50 matches in some cases and others with not even 10. Um, you know, so some teams were able to handle it differently. Some teams were, you know, kind of on the unfortunate end of some bad luck. Um, you know, because they've had to pause here and there. So there's been a lot of ebbs and flows to this season. But I, overall, I mean, it, it's been stressful on the coaches and the athletes. But the fact that we even got to the state tournament at all, I think they'd take that 10 times out of 10 if you'd have told them that in October. No question about it. You only get one senior season to do it. And uh, grateful that all of those who participated to call the necessary precautions indeed to get there and uh, will now uh, reach their pinnacle uh, wrestling at Wells Fargo in the state tournament. Cody, great stuff as always. Uh, appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much, Cody Goodwin. Thanks for having me, guys. No, I appreciate it. Appreciate it, too. Cody Goodwin live from Wells Fargo Arena. Chris Dobertine joins us. Part of SP Nation is blogging the bracket as we uh, spend a few minutes here talking um, college basketball to wrap things up. Chris Trent Ken, as always, good to speak with you, Chris Dobertine. How have you been doing? Uh, uh, motoring through this most unusual season, kind of listening to your last guest talking about how things have been you know, different on the wrestling front. It's been very, very similar on the college basketball front. And, you know, we're going to be getting there now that we have a little more than three weeks until Selection Sunday. We're going to start seeing differences between those teams, you know, that are going to get to play close to a full complement of the, of the season and those that are going to be a few games short. Indeed, and uh, uh, the Big 12's going through with Baylor. They're finally going to get back on the floor, and it's going to be interesting to see how they handle it. You know, as, as I look at brackets, and I love to look at them, and I, I get, you know, the variety of opinions. Normally on every, any given year, Chris, you and your brethren who, you know, who do the bracketology work for us, you're very close. You're, you're you know, you're maybe off a seed line or not, not very much discrepancy. Uh, but this year seems different. You know, this year somebody's got as a six, somebody's got him as a ten, uh, and I don't know if it's non-conference or the lack of uh, that's uh, that's led to this. Have you noticed that too? That you know that you put out your bracket and maybe you look at somebody else and boy, you're not even close to this guy or whatever. Uh, it just seems like that, Chris. Yeah, it, it was a little bit weird. I was kind of wondering going into the bracket preview on Saturday how that was going to all turn out. Um, because, you know, normally you, you can kind of build off what the committee's done in the past, but you're thinking about the usual season where everybody's playing, you know, 11 to 13 non-conference games, depending on their conference uh, schedule. Um, and you kind of had that base to kind of build everybody else's profile off of as you go into league play. So I wasn't sure what to expect. I was surprised to find that my top 10 on Friday, matched the committee's top 10 on Saturday. I only was off by one team out of the top 16, which was Wisconsin. I had Wisconsin, and they had Tennessee. And I had Tennessee just outside. So, again, there really wasn't much difference. So the committee is doing what they're doing, typically, you know, valuing quality wins more than anything else. But as you said, we don't have that non-conference base, which makes things a little bit more difficult as you get outside of really the top 16 that's where you're going to start seeing those differences between bracketologists and how they're valuing different teams because a lot of us were still not sure how to do it because we don't have 
that November and that December, that body of work against teams from outside of your league. And this comes into play when we talk about Drake in particular, going local, you know, to kind of compare them to kind of the rest of the country, you know, how those pictures kind of bear out this season just because of the unique circumstances of scheduling. You know, another thing is we're sitting here in the middle of February. Normally the computer numbers have normalized. Not the case still Mm -hmm. with the net. And uh, one of the biggest ones is not Loyola, who's ranked number 10. I think we all know, and maybe that's a little bit high, but we know how good that Rambler team is and that program has been built with Potter Mosier. But right behind them in the latest net rankings is Colgate. (laughs) From the Patriot yeah. League, they are the 11th ranked team by net. They're not playing non-conference games. Is that re- the reason for it? And and how is that going to normalize? And if it continues this path and they have a number that high, could they really be an at-large team? No, the thing is, is I, this is one of those situations where the committee has really kind of shown this year that the net is kind of used more like the RPI was designed to be as more of an organizational tool more than anything else. I think that kind of something that's working in Colgate's favor is two of their conference mates, Army and Navy, they weren't restricted. They weren't, you know, they weren't restricted to just a conference schedule. They were able to play non-conference. They got some good results, and that's kind of hitting the back end of those numbers in terms of where Colgate is. Because if you remember when Colgate first started the season, you know, they played one game and they were that high. So it's really kind of those other, those opponents and opponents of opponents numbers that are really kind of, you know, baked into the net formula that are really giving Colgate the boost there. Uh, Chris, I uh, I want to go back to Drake for a second. Um, you know, we're crossing our fingers, right, that the, the Valley gets two bids. We watched Loyola and Drake in the two games set at the Nap Center this weekend. Saturday was all Loyola. Uh, Sunday, Drake, yeah. fi- Drake won an ugly basketball game, but they did what they needed to do, uh, and it certainly looks good here on a Wednesday, that W, uh, as opposed to watching it live uh, on Sunday. So you guys at SB Nation right now do not have the Valley as a two-bid league. What's it going to take uh does drake need to win in st louis win the conference tournament and and if they do does that knock loyola out do you think there's a path for the valley to get to oh absolutely i think that one thing that drake has to do is avoid slipping up the rest of the way because the biggest thing that's hurt them is they have two losses but the two losses are both blowouts and that's what's really kind of drive that's what's driven their net numbers down because remember that net is more advanced metrics based than the RPI ever was, which is why Loyola, because remember Loyola is number one in Ken Palm adjusted defensive efficiency, which is kind of leading to their overall number nine ranking. And the net has them at a very similar tight top 15 position. It's because of their performance metrics. Drake loses those two games, especially with, you know, Valpo being a team outside of the top 200 in the net. That really kind of hurt their computer numbers. And as I said, another thing that really hurts them is they played in that event, you know, at Kansas State to start the season where Kansas State was there, Colorado was there, and their two games were Kansas State and South Dakota, who was the fourth team, was the late addition because the South Dakota State going to play in the in the makeup for the Battle for Atlantis up in Sioux Falls. You know, them not getting that opportunity to play Colorado oh, yeah. with Kansas State being a sub-200 net team at this point that is going to be a major factor, I think, that really could end up keeping Drake out of the field. But I think if they keep on going, I think that there's enough going on, especially in conferences like Mountain West and the Atlantic 10, where you have more than two teams kind of fighting for a bit right now and a lot of opportunities for those to slip up. If the Bulldogs keep their nose clean the rest of the way, I think they're going to be okay. 
Give us a look at the Iowa Hawkeyes, what you see out of them. They're a four seed in your latest bracket at SB Nation. What you see with the Hawkeyes, and of course they go on an incredible run here and and win four out of five to close the season and win the Big Ten tournament, they can go high. But in a normal play out here, what kind of upside do they have seeding-wise? Yeah, I think that's the thing. They have a really good opportunity with the schedule they have ahead of them because the one thing that's kind of keeping them down besides, you know, the fact they've kind of gone into their usual February funk, is the fact they don't have a real high-quality, you know, marquee win, which is something the committee has really been valuing for those teams on the top four seed line. You know, their best win right now is against Rutgers, you know, and, and yeah. Purdue were kind of top 30 teams. They're not top 20 teams. And guess who they have coming up? <laughs> they get Wisconsin twice, you know, home and away, and then they go to both Ohio State and Michigan, who are, you know, number one seeds right now. So if, if they can kind of get things together, and they and they definitely have gotten there on the fact they've taken care of Rutgers and Michigan State, you know, comprehensively in their last two games, if they can keep that up, you know, it's possible if they can get there to the, you know, a one seed is not at the table just because you have three Big Ten teams already there, already in that range in Michigan, Ohio State, and Illinois just being outside. You know, they run the table. They're going to be able to jump those teams. Uh, last thing, uh, there was a, a report yesterday that both Gonzaga and BYU are uh, kicking around passing on the opportunity to play in the West Coast Conference yeah. Tournament. Obviously, it does nothing to Gonzaga. They're going to be the number one, whether they uh, show up or not. But what about BYU? They're in right now. I, I I understand they obviously they want to get through unscathed and they don't want to go to Vegas for the tournament and, and have uh you know the the team um you know come down with uh, with COVID inside the team. So does that yeah. hurt BYU if they don't go? Are they are they doing the right thing? I think a lot of it is going to depend on kind of what's coming up here in the next nine days. The the committee has set February twenty sixth as the deadline as to what conferences need to do. You know, to to determine what who's going to be their their automatic bid, whether that's going to be a conference tournament winner, whether that's going to be you know the regular season champion, and I think you're going to have situations where these kind of these tweener conferences like the WCC, the Mountain West, potentially Atlantic Ten, and maybe even the Valley. You know, what are you going to do if you know your powerhouse decides, hey, we think we're going to be in the tournament, we're going to sit out. Right. You know, that is going to cause a major headache. You know, for everyone, I mean, are you going to really going to be satisfied with BYU and Gonzaga sitting out of the WCC mm. and potentially opening the door for San Francisco, for St. Mary's to, you know, take a bid for, you know, from a team that might have done a little bit better, you know, during conference play? I'm not really sure how this is going to play out over the next couple of weeks. Going to be fascinating to watch. Chris Dobertine blogging the bracket SB Nation uh, for all your brackets. Appreciate you coming on, Chris. Great to catch up with you. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me on again. Good to talk to you. Chris Dobertine, uh, as we talk a little college basketball, it's a fascinating scenario. Well, let's do the Valley. Loyal mm-hmm. says, yeah, we don't need this. We're, right. we're in. We and Drake says, season. you know what, maybe we'll roll the dice too. Nah, I don't think that's going to happen. But here's the other component. Drake has a single COVID case. Or Loyola. Did they say, you know what, we're not going to go there. Probably Loyola would be the better one. We're we're not going to risk it, if you will. We're going to take our chance here. Mm-hmm. That's also going to be a component. And if it's past that, what February twenty sixth? February twenty sixth yeah. date. Are, are they ineligible for the NCAA tournament? Ooh, then, boy, <laughs> right? Maybe we're there's putting the, up too many. There's hurdles. no rules for this trend. 
Uh, there's yes, there's no section of the rule book you can go to for pandemic contingencies. Uh, we'll come back, finish things up. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO, and what is KXNO? Trent Condon here for the Urology Center of Iowa. Well, I did it. I had my vasectomy procedure with the Urology Center of Iowa. It was quick efficient, and I was in and out in less than a half hour. The big bracket for college hoops is coming out soon. If you want an excuse to chill on the couch while watching wall-to-wall basketball, then it's time to make the call to the Urology Center of Iowa to schedule your vasectomy. Call 515-400-3550 or online at iowauro.com. Vasectomies with the Urology Center of Iowa. And tell them you heard it. Sponsored by AbbVie. Man, our equipment is just dirty. Well, you need to call Washer Systems of Iowa. We need a heater in here. Washer Systems of Iowa's got heaters. This floor is a mess. Washer Systems of Iowa is Iowa's pressure washer experts featuring Mighty M pressure washers. This is Jeff Egley of Washer Systems of Iowa. Our crew, led by Tony Poff and Marco Solis, can find the power washer to clean your equipment and the heater to keep your garage warm during the cold winter months. Washer Systems of Iowa, 6050 Northeast 14th Street in Des Moines, an exclusive dealer of Mighty M. Online at Washer Systems. The 2021 Spring Polar Plunge for Special Olympics Iowa is right around the corner. Registration is happening right now on the Special Olympics website, soiowa.org slash plunge. The event will take place on Saturday, April 17th at Lake Aquabi in Warren County. And if you're interested in joining the fun but don't want to leave your home, that's okay too. Register to take the plunge virtually and help out Special Olympics Iowa. More information, soiowa.org slash plunge. Final couple of minutes here of a Wednesday. Murph and Andy coming up at 2. The Fanatics at 4. Cyclone Insider takes over tonight. The Hawks went last night. Um, Just real quick, just one more reminder. If you want to go to the wrestling tournament, the sessions, uh, the, the finals on Saturday night sold out. The box office is closed. You have to purchase your tickets online. HiveyTix.com. HiveyTix.com. All right, Trent, uh, you can't win them all. You, you have to have a run. I thought Missouri was going to get it for you last Hosting night. Hosting in. Just I absolute, thought you were home free. It was a breeze, and then they lose by 10. Isn't gambling fun? Uh, so <laughs> When you're on the right side of those ones, it is. <laughs> Can you bounce back tonight? Do you have a play? Uh, I got a few. I don't love anything. We were talking off the then air. take the night off. <laughs> it's like a race. You don't have to bet every race. Yeah, you, you do. Nuts? <laughs> of course I got to bet every night. Uh, the you and I, Drake, we're on opposite sides. You think, think the Panthers are going to keep it tight? I do. I think the doggies flex their muscle Do again, even in the McLeod Center. Not after the emotion of the back-to-back Loyola this weekend? It's a pretty good angle. I like that angle. I On the surface, the number didn't make sense, and it's going the other way. Mm-hmm. It was at six at some spots this morning. You came in this morning. It was Heather, you and I were talking. She had her app out. It was five and a half. Mm-hmm. You were at six. Now it's at four and a half. Four and a half. At both, uh, I saw both DraftKings and FanDuel had it at four and a half mm-hmm. when I looked before, back before that one. So my one pick... Gophers are on the road. Rodents can't win on the road. Uh, they never do. Lay the six, Indiana. And Archie survives for another day. Mm-hmm.
Uh, fun show today. Uh, it was. Appreciate everybody listening in. We'll try and do it again. Well, we will do it uh, tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. But par- prior to that, lots of local programming, including Murph and Andy at 2. The Fanatics at 4 and tomorrow morning. Another day of local programming starts with the morning rush. We're Miller and Condon, 10 to 2 on 1460 KXNO, 10 to noon, 1460 and 